Hello everyone. Welcome back to the Soul of Sprock, where I am ranking every Futurama episode best to worst because I pay $5 a month to Pinecast in order to upload whatever I want, whenever I want. And what I want to do is talk into a microphone about every Futurama episode in order and then rank them best to worst. And we're on episode two. Episode two is the series has landed. And I actually took notes this time so that this episode is not just me rambling for eight minutes. Not a lot of plot to talk about with episode two, but I think episode two is an important episode because it kind of moves the show towards the tone that it is going to have for the duration. Um, the pilot is, I think, maybe better written than the series has landed, which is going to make ranking this a little difficult. Uh, I don't think the series has landed. Episode two hits as much as the pilot does, but I think there's a lot to admire here. Um, starting at the top, we have the the show's views towards technology or the way it represents technology, which I think is awesome because it is set 1,000 years in the future, but this show is definitely pulling from 50s, 60s sci-fi where technology is this weird amalgamation of Technology that will obviously be outdated within five years of the creation of the show and what they think 1,000 years worth of technological progress is going to look like. And obviously it's very tongue-in-cheek because as this episode starts, Professor Farnsworth puts a VCR tape into the VCR. And, or VCR tape was to me. I don't know what I'm talking about. It's called... What is it called? It's called a VHS tape. It's been so long. The show came out 400 years ago. Anyway, he puts a VHS tape in the VCR, and that's how they watch the commercial. And uh, in this commercial, you know, it's very Simpsons-esque. We're seeing the Simpsons uh, lineage here in the giant blob monster eats the corporate executive. Uh, that could have been a Simpsons joke. Uh, but uh, then we're right into the episode. We don't really get a title sequence. That's fine. Uh, we are introduced to Hermes, and Hermes uh, clo or opens the holographic lock on the door and switches the sorry we're closed sign to sorry we're open, which I thought was really interesting because you don't ever really see customers. You don't see people walking in to Planet Express at HQ and saying, hello, I'd like you to deliver this. It's just kind of the show doesn't need that or care about that. Uh, it just seems like they always have a job to do. So I don't know why they need an open sign. Not pertinent. I like Hermes a lot. He's a cool character. We also are introduced to Zoidberg, who I am not as fond of. He's kind of a one-note character. And I think that's something you could say for a lot of these secondary characters a lot of the time. I think Fry is a well-developed, interesting character. I think Leela is a well-developed, interesting character. I think to some extent Bender is that. But uh, Hermes, Zoidberg, Amy at all i uh i'm not so sure but we don't know that yet in episode two we just uh have fun little jokes to establish our characters fry he go to the doctor the doctor not know how humans work doesn't make a lot of sense if you think about it but it's cute um and that's it i like uh professor farnsworth's um you'll be fine and then worried look over the shoulder as he's leaving as fry goes in to get his physical um, one thing I noticed in this episode, Bender has kind of become the Bender we know, 
uh, in the pilot. He's like this depressive robot. Uh, it's, side note here, I really like Bender's design. I like it's it's tying into that 50s, 60s sci-fi thing I was talking about earlier. Uh, he doesn't really look like any of the other robots in the show. He's very retro. He's very, oh, Brad Bird watched the same thing when he was making Iron Man type of thing. But uh, I like it. I like where it's drawing inspiration from. But uh, Bender is shown to be pickpocketing Amy. So he is already the boozing, you know, uh, what do they call it? The fetch purse, the coin gobbler. He's a thief man. He's bad. Bender is, but he's entertaining. Um, and then, you know, the basic plot of this episode is Fry wants to go along on the story to the moon, but the moon is boring. Barely a plot, but I think this helps. This episode is the Futurama tone. Uh, this is kind of why I'm watching this show. It's because we've talked about this Futurama tone so much, and this is that immediately where they go to the moon and it's basically Disneyland on the moon. It's basically corporate interest plopped a terrible theme park down on the moon and no one wants to see the moon for what it is. They just want to ride the roller coaster and see the alligators uh, and buy the fridge magnets. And it, that works very well, I think. Um, it's interesting. You watch Ad Astra from a year or two ago and it's the exact same idea but without the funny it's just like hey there's a starbucks on the moon uh and there are pirates moon pirates in that astro but here you have moon whalers whalers on the moon they carry a harpoon i the whalers on the moon song will pop into my head about once a week let's say I haven't seen this episode in many years, but that song will never leave me alone. I can never shake it. It's a part of me now. Uh, and they ring it for all it's worth in this with various callbacks. I would say at least two or three, perhaps four callbacks within one episode to this terrible song they've come up with. Um, and then uh, Fry is like, uh, mama, I don't like this. I want to go see the moon. And Leela is begrudgingly like, okay, we'll go see the moon through this educational exhibit. Uh, which I love, love, love this educational exhibit where, because this is a thousand years in the future, they think the first astronaut was the guy from the Honeymooners. And I also really, really love that this exhibit is in black and white because apparently they thought back then everything was black and white because somehow they got their hands on some Honeymooners tapes. It's really good. It's very funny. Uh, you have a nice background gag in this terrible uh, B-plot where... Amy's trying to get the keys out of the claw machine, which is about as lazy. And <laughs> it's like, I would not call this a B plot. I guess this is like an E plot in any other episode. But anyway, Amy's got to win the claw machine to get the keys. And in the background is a gender neutral pack person cabinet, which is a cute joke. Um, and then you have somehow this episode squeezes in this entire subplot of this hydroponics farmer redneck the moon will rise again hat out on the moon and he's got robot daughters and then Bender's having sex with the robot daughters. It's a whole thing. And I appreciate that they threw that into this episode, which is already basically a full episode, but they said, no, we need this extra subplot about this vengeful father of robots who is a human redneck and don't make it's, it's funny. It's absurd. It's comedic. It's a cartoon. Um, and then that sets up 
the reason I think this episode is maybe better than the pilot is for the last five minutes or so, where there's this very nice quiet moment. And I think that's going to be the show's strong point, you know, through the duration is these quiet moments it sometimes sets up, especially between Fry and Leela, where Fry is trying to explain to Leela why the moon is so appealing to him, why it's captivating, and Leela tells him, no, it's just a rock in space, there's nothing here, but then there's there's a shot as this is kind of dawning on Fry that it's not gonna, he's not gonna be able to convince Leela, he's not gonna be able to show her what he sees, and then the shadow that is coming to kill them passes over his face, it's a very nice moment, and then they go into the Moonlander, which doesn't make a whole lot of sense, I don't think it's gonna keep you warm, well, I guess people were in it, <laughs> astronauts were in it, so something was keeping them warm. But anyway, they uh, seek shelter in this moon landing site, this lander, and then Leela sees the Earth reflected in Fry's helmet, and she's like, oh, you know, we have made a connection here, and that's good. That beats anything in the pilot, which is why I think this is a better episode. Um, but then it kind of ends with Bender with a magnet, sings funny folk tunes, which is not my favorite joke in the world. Uh, <laughs> kind of a bum note to go out on. But uh, overall, I think this is a fine episode. It is a very Futurama-y episode. Again, it's crazy that The Simpsons took so long to get to a certain baseline of quality, and Futurama is already solidified that. It's already saying episode two is of the same quality as episode one, which is of the quality of a good Simpsons episode, which is great, which is great. I wouldn't call this episode great, but it is better than the pilot. So the ranking so far is the series has landed at number one and Space Pilot 3000 at number two. And I will see you next time.